0: Welcome to the Streamline Performance Podcast, where our mission is to provide you, the everyday athlete, with the knowledge, insight, and tools to stay active, improve performance, and avoid injury along the way. We believe that an active life is a life worth living, and if you're here, you likely do too. If you're ready to learn from the best doctors, coaches, athletes, and other leading experts in the ever-changing world of health and wellness, you're in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. All right. Welcome to the Streamline Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hattinger, And today I'm really excited to interview the owner of Ethos Integrative Medicine, Dr. Matt Hernandez. And we've had a good relationship with them for the past couple of years. Whenever we can't figure out something with a little bit more conservative management, we'll kind of push people to them or different things outside of the scope of PT that can really boost people's ability to heal without having to go necessarily under the knife. And I I think that they're really good people and they listen to their clients and they really care about the people that they see, which is another big reason why we trust them with seeing our folks. But I wanted to give Matt an opportunity to just introduce himself and kind of talk about the practice a little bit.
1: Hey, Nick, thanks so much for for having me on the podcast. We really appreciate it and the you know the continued trust that you give to our team. So yeah, so my name is Matthew Fernandez. I'm one of the co owners of Ethos Integrative Medicine. The other co owner is my wife. Her name is Alexandra Mayer. I'm going to specify that now just so I don't get in trouble later <laughs> with, uh, with, with, uh, with saying I'm the sole owner. So yeah, we both owned the practice together. Basically, kind of the you know, way we got started was we graduated med school and really wanted to go. Like, we, we knew what we were going to go and, and start our own practice and stuff. And so once we finished all our training, went, opened up our own practice. And then from there is really going. And we spent a lot of time in our first few years and continue to as well, looking at like the different gaps that we see in the conventional insurance medical model. And when you pay close attention, there's there's a lot of gaps and there's a lot of people that, you know, kind of get like fall through the cracks when it comes to that. And so, you know, we were able to start figuring out what it is that we really enjoy doing. And then from there, uh, really tailor our practice to help those people with kind of marry what we enjoy doing with what we're really good at and the two avenues that we chose was doing women and men's hormones and then also doing sports medicine and obviously we'll focus we'll talk about the sports medicine aspect in this realm because that's the, the primary capacity we work with you you and your team in but when we're looking at the sports med aspect the gap that we noticed that really existed was for individuals who were active, they're healthy, they're having issues with pain and they have gone through the conservative care. So they did physical therapy, chiropractic, like all all the things that you can do conservatively. They don't want to take pain medication. And their, their goal at the end of the day is to stay active. And they likely got better with conservative care, but then, you know, eventually kind of plateaued. Obviously, there's a lot of people that get completely 100% resolved with conservative care. But for some individuals, they have enough joint damage to where they kind of plateau. And then in the conventional world, the next thing is, well, let's go look at surgery. And so they go speak with an orthopedic surgeon. They're told that they're not surgical candidates because it's not bad enough yet. And then they're kind of left with, well, what do I do from here? And that's the gap that we really feel with the treatments that we do is we're able to, to bridge that gap from conservative to surgical and and help the patients that fall right in between that to get them back to being active and and obviously working with other conservative healthcare providers like like your team is what kind of makes everything, you know, work perfectly to get the patient back to being active and, and enjoying what they love to do.
0: I, I think that you said that really well because there is a big, big gap. And maybe it's uh, it's not so obvious. You know, there's obviously some gap. In the healthcare system for underprivileged people or like coming from different socioeconomic backgrounds. But that kind of like active adult that has pain that's not bad enough yet for the healthcare system to maybe pay for helping you fix it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's a big gap. And that's primarily you know the demographic that we work with as well. So I think that it's it's awesome to find other people that treat within that same kind of demographic and really understand how to communicate with those people because a lot of times if you were to go tell your your doctor, like, I have shoulder pain when I do overhead press. They're going to be like, go see PT, and maybe you shouldn't overhead press. And you and I would be like, well, go see PT, but also let's make sure you can overhead press. And we're not right, gonna tell exactly. you not to do it unless there's really like a bad contraindication to doing it, or let's figure out another way to to allow you to do it. And so. It's the answer usually is, let's just stop doing the thing that hurts you. And yeah. if you stop doing enough of those things, well, now you're not doing anything <laughs> And that. Right. Uh, that's not a good answer. And usually it's kind of a cop out for someone that either doesn't know how to program something or doesn't know how to treat something wow. effectively or it's just outside of their scope. And so it's nice to, to hear you say that
1: yeah and to your point i think there's a big difference i learned early on in starting our practice there's a big difference between people who are a pain management case versus an individual who's who's active at the end of the day right and so these individuals who are active who are the people that me and you help they are told like you said that they're kind of they go into a system that's designed for doing more pain management than anything and so they go into this system like you mentioned and they're told well just stop doing the thing that hurts you. And it's like, yeah, but then the doctor that's telling them that is missing out on the fact or like they're not paying attention to the fact that like this is someone who takes pride in their athletic ability. This is an outlet for them to deal with stress, an outlet to to socialize, to enjoy themselves, probably a, a way that they spend time with people that they really care about and stuff. And so you're telling them, Oh, just cut that off because you don't need to be, you know, you can you don't have to deal with the pain. And it's like that that's not you might as well lock them up in a room and never yeah. let them come out at that point. Like it's, it's kind of crazy to, to think that that's what what, what the, the traditional model tells them to do.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a good answer at all. Yeah, um, but I kind of wanted to pick your brain. Uh, obviously, you guys do a lot of regenerative medicine with uh, your sports medicine side of the practice for folks listening that don't maybe know what that is. Can you kind of just explain what that means?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so, so regenerative medicine is is a field uh, where we're working to regenerate or heal your body itself. And when we're talking about regenerative medicine in the orthopedic realm or in joint pain, sports med realm, we're we're talking about healing tissue damage. And so the key to all this is, is there damaged tissue? So for instance, a rotator cuff injury where there's a a tendinopathy or tendinosis, if there's arthritis in the knee, if there's a ligament sprain, stuff like that. So those are all forms of tissue damage. And the idea behind it is that we want to go and stimulate the tissue to be able to heal again, so that the pain will be able to resolve and you're able to gain, you know, strength, function all that back with with the activity that you're wanting to, to do And so the the therapies that kind of fall into this category, the sexy one that everyone knows is like stem cell therapy. So that's the one that most people are familiar with, at least at a very basic level. Other therapies are platelet-rich plasma or PRP therapy. Prolotherapy is another one. And then peptides. And we can go into like the differences between those. But in in general, what, what we're wanting to do is if we go back to that gap that we're filling, conservative care, the vast majority of the time is addressing the biomechanic of how that tissue Got damaged, and and to some degree, like with shockwave therapy, dry needling, things like that, you're able to go and manipulate the healing process of that tissue. But when that tissue is too far gone, so if we have like three tiers, and let's just say mild, moderate, severe, to keep it simple, the mild side can respond to conservative treatment and hopefully heal on its own. Sometimes, if it's hanging out longer than three months, you might need a little bit of a boost, in which case. You can really take a few options at that point. When you're into the severe side, let's look at the other end of the spectrum. That's when, let's say you have like a full rotator cuff tear or severe osteoarthritis, different things like that, where where there's a full rupture of a a tendon, a ligament, whatever that is, or at least 80% rupture, then that's when you're going to need surgery in the vast majority of times. And so that tends to be more of a surgical candidate. And then the moderate people are not bad enough for surgery but then they need more of a punch in healing than the conservative treatments can give. And so that's sure. when you can utilize stem cell, PRP, prolotherapy, all those things. And again, the how you choose those is based on a number of different factors that we can
0: talk about. Yeah. So can you just briefly explain the difference between you know stem cell, PRP, prolo, peptides, and, and kind of maybe what you would use those for? It might give yeah. people a better idea on, um, you know oh, that might be something that, that would work for me.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's start with the basic one. So the the first three, stem cell, PRP, prolotherapy, these are all injection-based. So you're going to be receiving an injection into a joint or into the damaged tissue. So prolotherapy is kind of the basic one to start with. With prolotherapy itself, you're using dextrose, which is sugar. And what you're doing is that sugar acts as an irritant. So you can go and inject that into tissue and tissue is made of collagen. So when that tissue, the damaged tissue gets irritated even more with dextrose that signal tells your body hey we need to produce collagen in this area so it kind of jump starts the healing again for whatever reason your body stopped that the natural healing process that occurs it could be a number of things there was too much stress on the tissue your nutrition isn't good your sleep isn't good number of things can stop it but prolotherapy kind of helps jump start it by using dextrose to go and tell your body hey bring growth factor to this area and so it's it signals your body to bring growth factor into the area, and then to go and start producing collagen in 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 that tissue. That collagen allows the tissue to rebuild, and then you know you can go back to doing the stuff that you enjoy. Prolo is really good for kind of that mild to moderate range of tissue damage. Works extremely well for ligaments. That's kind of and anything over prolo is kind of an overkill for ligaments in most instances. But so ligaments works really well. Like ankle sprains is, is one thing. I, I had this personally where I love to hike and play basketball and stuff. And I had severe ankle sprains from playing basketball uh, to the point where it was like, the second I would like step on a pebble, like my it felt like my foot was going to give out. And so this was a treatment that, that I underwent and it strengthened the ligament, the you know the the ATFL in the ankle. And now I don't have that instability anymore. And so that, you know, like when, when I hike, I'm not worried about, oh crap, it's going to like give out on me. Yeah. And so, cause that's, that's never fun, especially here in Arizona where it's, you know, rocky trails everywhere. So prolotherapy is phenomenal for like ligaments issue, but you can use it for arthritis tendons, stuff like that. We kind of use it as our base to help start jumpstart the healing overall. Next level up is PRP therapy. That's where we draw blood and spin it down. And within your blood, we're able to separate platelets from blood itself. And so you kind of get this plug, essentially, of like solid platelet buildup that you isolate. And that's what you put into the into the syringe when, when you're going to treat a patient. The reason that we're going after platelets is because just in prolotherapy, we're telling your body to bring growth factor to area. That growth factor that we're telling your body to bring is found on platelets. So it's actually platelets that that carry the growth factor to that spot. And so with PRP, we're actually taking all those platelets and putting a very, very high concentration into the damaged tissue. And when we do that, it initiates a stronger healing response than what prolotherapy can do. And so that's what PRP does. The, The best research in PRP is in tendon problems. The most researched one is going to be in uh, like tennis elbow. That's that's what has the most research behind it. But tendon problems and then arthritis, PRP kind of outperforms everything in the conventional world and prolotherapy for those two things. That's kind of your go-to for those problems, especially when you're in the moderate to severe category. And then the next step up is going to be stem cell therapy. And I'm going to talk about bone marrow and adipose stem cell therapy in this case. Bone marrow is the gold standard for this. So if you're going to get stem cell therapy and pay for that, you want to make sure it's coming from you. And it's, it's coming from your bone marrow, which is typically done by going into your iliac crest and, and taking some of the bone marrow out of, out of there. It sounds painful, but the procedure is actually pretty painless because you're you know you're numb the entire way. But you can go and do, you pull the, the bone marrow out, you spin it down. And then from there you get stem cells, which are found in the bone marrow. And so you, just like we isolated platelets, now we're isolating stem cells. You're also isolating platelets in, in this instance as well. So you're taking the concept of PRP or you you want platelets with a lot of growth factor and you're adding stem cell to it and then that's what you're using to treat the patient the the stem cell itself a lot of people think that it actually like turns into the tendon cell or into the cartilage cell studies show that that like 3% of the, of the stem cells actually do that, but what they do carry is additional signaling molecules to help heal. And so it's, again, it's a stronger response than what PRP is. So that's kind of like the king in regenerative medicine. And that's, you know, that's the go-to for severe osteoarthritis. If there isn't, that that's kind of the main indicator for this one is really severe osteoarthritis, you can use it. There are doctors that use it for rotator cuff problems as well, but studies are kind of, there's not enough data to show that it actually outperforms PRP. So, you know, you can, you can do PRP at, at a lower price point to help the patient for that, but you know, is it going to hurt? No, it's not going to hurt to jump up to it. So those are kind of the main, the, the injections and then peptides. I'll, I'll keep that one simple. The, the easy one is like that everyone knows is BPC-157. All the peptides are kind of signaling, molecules. So this is usually a very small injection you do into your abdomen or it's a pill that you take and it signals your body to to heal. It's not super specific with where it's targeted, but for minor thing like minor aches and stuff, you can use it to have kind of recover from workouts, or you can stack the odds in your favor of when you get an injection therapy by taking that. So those awesome. are those are kind of the, the main four there. That's probably
0: longer than yeah, wanted. I apologize. That's fine. Um I, I think that's a very good explanation of all of it. And what I want to point out to people is when we get people that ask like, oh, do you think PRP is appropriate for me? It may be appropriate, but what a lot of people don't understand is that these injections are not pain alleviating injections. It's not like you're getting a steroid. Right. And people often think like, oh, I'm getting a PRP injection in my shoulder and like in a week, it's going to feel better. And that's yeah. usually usually not the case. But like you mentioned, it kind of helps to initiate or restart or boost the performance of that healing cascade that happens and is typically something that pairs very well with some of the you know corrective exercise or prescriptive exercise that we do to continue to remodel that tissue uh, now that it has those growth factors and that healing cascade going on around it. So that's definitely stuff that we will kind of point people to when something's not responding as well or as quickly as we would like to with you know, traditional PT that, that we do.
1: To, to add to what you just said, I, that, that's, a, that's a really important point for people to understand is I tell my patients, hey, I can help. You're coming to me because you're in pain. I understand that. And I'm going to help you get rid of that. We'll heal the tissue. But if you don't go and do the corrective exercises that fix the movement patterns that cause this in the first place... It's going to come back. And so if, if you really want to get the most out of this treatment, you, you'll you want to do very skilled physical therapy in order to prevent that from happening again. Otherwise, I can treat you and I could buy you a year, maybe two. It'll come back eventually. I mean, if you're really active, that's, that time period is a lot shorter if you don't fix those mechanic movements that, that caused it. So that, that's a really important point because the success rate that we've seen, because I track all of our data and our outcomes, the success rate we've seen when we add physical therapy to it is, you know, it's kind of like it's a no-brainer at that point to to do it uh, just because
0: it, it works extremely well. Yeah, and something to add to that is A lot of the stuff, well, basically everything that these injections are targeting is really a symptom of some of those movement mechanics or weakness or anything like that, because your pain might be due to a tendon being partially torn, but that tendon Mm -hmm. is partially torn because of how you're moving. It wasn't strong enough to handle what you exposed it to. So really it's, it's symptom management and symptom healing, not necessarily root cause healing, which is, you know, we need to obviously address the symptoms, but you can't address the symptoms long-term without addressing the root cause. So that's a good point.
1: Yeah. The patients that follow, I mean, the, the, fortunately, the vast majority of our patients combo this with PT. And I mean, I've been in practice for nine, eight, nine years now. And the, the, I, I, I still see people from when I started practice that I did these treatments on. And the ones that comboed PT still do not have this problem. So yeah, this is this is ideally, and, and they're still as active as they were before, all the
0: stuff. So like, this is a long-term fix when you combo the two therapies together sure awesome i know one of the big things that you guys will work with people on is is knee pain can you kind of talk about some of the most common things that you see in your practice and maybe how you approach that yeah, absolutely.
1: The the big three things that we see are going to be osteoarthritis, MCL strains, and then or sprains, and then meniscus pathology. The, those are the big three. Now, we also see like chondromalacia, yeah, chondromalacia patella, stuff like that, which is an issue with the kneecap and softening of that.
0: For people listening in, that's just kind of uh, extra degenerative changes that happen underneath the kneecap.
1: Yeah. And so we, we'll see those. We see some jumper's knee, stuff like that. But, but the three common ones are osteoarthritis, MCL pain and then meniscus. Osteoarthritis is pretty good. We we have a really good success rate with this one. Ultimately, it's damaged cartilage, right? It's it's wearing down or degeneration of the cartilage in the knee. And so in the conservative world, their spectrum after physical therapy is going to be cortisone injection, hyaluronic acid injection, and then surgery. So there's really only three options you got from an orthopedic surgeon. A lot of doctors still do cortisone injection. There is a lot of research that says not to do that because it actually it helps the pain short term but then it actually causes a breakdown of the cartilage itself and this is actually this is becoming more more common i think uh among public knowledge but it's still done and so there's a lot of the people that are coming into our office are coming in because they want to avoid a steroid or cortisone injection to like you know they they know that it actually makes them worse down the road hyaluronic acid can be helpful it's about 50 50 shot on whether or not it's going to work and so but but it can be helpful like we we use this There's data showing that a lot of other countries actually pulled the use of hyaluronic acid because it didn't seem to work as well as they were were expecting it to. And so I don't know if, you know, eventually that'll happen here. But I I have seen it work in, in my clinical experience. I wouldn't say it's like amazing, but it does work. And so when, when we're looking at osteoarthritis, again, the, the thing that outperforms everything is going to be stem cell PRP. And so PRP outperforms everything, including stem cell, in moderate to mild uh, osteoarthritis, whereas stem cell outperforms in in super severe osteoarthritis. So that, those are kind of our go-tos there. When we're looking at it, again, to, to your point, Nick, osteoarthritis is, is a wearing down of cartilage, which is done from a poor movement pattern. So our job in this instance is to stop the cartilage from degenerating uh, hopefully, be able to regenerate some, but at least change the signaling that's happening within the knee capsule that's causing that degeneration to occur. And when we do that, then we can at least flatline the degeneration and and halt that process. At the, at the very minimum, we know that we're doing that. And then, you know we work with physical therapy to go and you know address what's the hip weakness that call that caused it, what's the ankle instability, all those things, and kind of look at it from that
0: perspective. Awesome. I think that. A lot of times with, in particular with stem cell. People get the idea that you put stem cells on a joint and it's just gonna turn into cartilage and it's gonna be this this new thing. And as you pointed out earlier, only three percent, I think is what you said. Correct, yeah. To that cartilaginous tissue. But the the signaling of that like chronic inflammatory process, it sounds like it's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's the biggest thing that we need to alter. So if we look at like the cycle of osteoarthritis, there's core movement pattern, which leads to degeneration of cartilage that degeneration leads to an inflammatory signaling that occurs. That inflammatory signaling then continues to loop And cause more degenerative cartilage breakdown, which then causes more inflammatory response, which, you know, and it becomes a a vicious cycle, all on top of you still have that poor movement pattern. And so our job in in this case is, as regenerative medicine specialists, is to go in and alter that cell, that signaling that's happening. And so once we alter it and stop that process, then we no longer see that cascade of of inflammatory aspect uh, happening. There's some nerve involvement around the knee as well. And that's something that a very small percentage of orthopedic doctors to actually pay attention to the articular nerves around the knee actually contribute to this process and so you need to stop the that inflammatory process at, at the nerve as well and so that's something that, that we do in our treatments but you like that our job is to is to stop that piece and then stopping that piece stops that cycle and then you know, you, like your team comes in, fixes the biomechanic, you know, now the patient's in a much better spot overall and we're stopping it from, you know, we're, we're stopping it to a total knee replacement down the road.
0: Sure. And that's awesome. That's a win-win for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, well, cool. Um, I, I think that gives a, a really good insight into regenerative medicine techniques that you guys can help people out with. You know, if you're dealing with tendon issues or arthritic issues, it certainly can be an option to have one or multiple of these types of therapies in conjunction with something like physical therapy to really put your body headed in the right direction, not only to alleviate the symptoms and the pain, but to uh, hopefully keep it away long term as well that's about all the time that we've got here matt is there anything else that you'd like to add on this
1: no no i, I uh what do you call it i think that uh, that was good i mean the, just to echo what we said earlier the combo of the two treatments is going to be what's what's best for the patient down the road and so um in our experience with with that combination we have a 94 percent success rate when when it's comboed with pt and so yeah i mean i i think it's, again it's a no-brainer awesome. when, when you do that
0: yeah. Hard to beat those stats.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, thank, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate that.
0: Definitely. How can people find out more about Ethos? Yeah.
1: So you can, you can go to our website, ethoscottsdale.com. That's the easiest way. We have a bunch of blog posts on there, a lot of YouTube content, podcasts, a number of things to educate yourself more on stuff that we talked about today, as well as learn more about our office if, if you're interested in, uh, in learning more about them.
0: Great. All right. Appreciate you hopping on and definitely be having you on again soon. So Stay posted if you want to hear more from Dr. Matt. You guys have a great day.